Luke 2, verse 6 through 7. She was soon going to have a baby, and while they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She dressed him in baby clothes and laid him on a bed of hay, because there was no room for them in the inn. Last, but certainly not least, Luke 2, verse 8 through 14. Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully. For I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome you to, want to welcome you to Center Point. Ken Allen is so glad to see your wonderful faces today. If you could do us a huge favor, if you could do us a huge favor, if you guys could stand just one more time. I know you just sat down. I know. I'm sorry. Um, if you would do us a huge favor, and uh, we have so many people in here, that it would be great if you could say hi to them real quick. So if you could just walk around and say good morning and say Merry Christmas and give a little love, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. It's not easy getting in front of people that are just getting infused with coffee. They're not fully awake. It's hard work waiting for those smiles to kick in. So thank you guys so much for loving on them. We're going to continue a series here that we have entitled uh, Christmas at the Movies. For the last couple of weeks, we've been taking different movies, Christmas movies, and we've been kind of comparing them to uh, Christ and God's word and his truth and his principles and applying that to our lives. And so we've done several movies. And so um, we've done my favorite, one of my favorite movies, which was Die Hard, um, which is, amen, one of the greatest Christmas movies that God ever blessed us with. <laughs> and now we've moved into a few other movies. And now we're doing one of my other most favorite wonderful movies in the history of all movies. And that movie is Elf. How many of you guys have seen Elf before? Amen. God is true. God is true. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Uh, Romans chapter 12. And while you're turning through to Romans 12 or flipping through your apps, uh, I'll pray for us real quick. Father God, open up our hearts, open up our ears to receive your truth. Open up um, our spirits and our minds to hear from you. Give us clarity. Give us focus, give us direction, and Father, let us walk in your presence and in your ways. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys to do one more time. You know what we do right around this time we read our scriptures. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with us as we honor God's word in reading his scriptures. I'll read for us today, um, starting from Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. And dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living holy sacrifice, the kind that he, will, that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a, renewed per, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you, will find, then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is his good and and ple- which is good and pleasing and perfect. You may be seated. I want to talk to you guys today about clearly one of the greatest Christmas movies ever, and that is the movie Elf. The movie Elf. For some some reason, some way, somehow, you're not familiar with the story Elf. I'm going to give you some background of what the story Elf is. Elf is about a young man that actually starts off as, as he starts off as a little kid, and one day Santa Claus comes into the orphanage, and this young little kid, this baby, really maybe maybe a year and a half or so, crawls maybe a little younger, crawls inside of Santa Claus's Christmas bag. And Santa Claus delivers all his presents. He gets back to the North Pole, and lo and behold, bam, there's a baby in this thing. And he takes this kid, and he gives it to one of his elves, and he decides to raise this elf as his own. And Buddy, the elf who is human, grows up taller than all the other elves, walks around like the elf, dresses like the elf, but he just doesn't really fit in. But he has this mentality of doing all this stuff like an elf. Finally, one day it comes out that Buddy is not an elf, he's a human, and Buddy the elf decides to go find his father, which is in New York City. He goes to New York City, and he finds his father, he learns how to deal with the difficulties of of living in this world, and all the struggles, and all the dramas that come along with it, and Buddy the elf, at the end of the movie, has been able to be reunited with his father, build this relationship with his father, he's able to have this, this friendship with his father, he's able to have Uh, and find a beautiful wife and have children, and he's able to live his life as kind of like this elf that had to go into this really tough environment to survive. You guys with me? I want to share with you guys three points today, and those three points I'm going to share with you are about us living our life in this rough, tough environment that's called the world. Buddy the Elf is in the North Pole living his life, and he decides to go to New York City, which is considered one of the toughest and roughest cities out there. Um, There are good points to it, and there are some tough points to it. And Buddy finds that when he gets to New York, everyone's not as friendly as they are in the North Pole. And he finds that everyone in New York is not as kind and as loving and as happy and as jolly as they are in the North Pole. He finds that as he's leaving the North Pole and going to the New York City, he finds that it is kind of tough and there are some up and down people. There's some people that are happy, but there's a lot of people that aren't. He finds that the culture and the mentality of of New York City is way and totally different from what he was used to and what he thought about life would be when he was in the North Pole. I would say to some of you guys that this life that we live in has a tough, gritty mentality to it at times. There are people that aren't the most friendliest. There are people that are not the nicest. There are people that have back motives. There are people that do things that are horrible and mean and nasty, and they live in your own house and in your own neighborhoods, and they walk down the streets, and they're in your job, and in the very seat that you're sitting in. All right, it's early. And so, and so there are some tough people that we deal with in life. How do you and I, as a Christian, as a believer, walk through this life, do life like we need to do life in a way that pleases God in an environment that's oftentimes tough and oftentimes difficult? I want to share with you how you, comp- how you accomplish that. Point number one, dare to be different. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world. He says, if you're going to be a successful Christian, if you're going to be a successful believer, if you're going to be somebody that walks out God's truth, walks out God's ways, embraces who God is, you have to dare to be different. 
He says, don't, don't fit in. Don't adopt these customs of the world. Don't, don't draw into it. Don't, be, uh, uh, don't believe in it. Don't wrap your mind and your heart and your thoughts around it. He says, I want you to dare to be different. I want you to dare to be everything God has called and declared you to be. Buddy, the elf came to New York City with those yellow tights on, his little green outfit and fuzzy collar, and everybody else had on their outfits and their jeans and their brand new coats, and they looked all expensive, and they had their wonderful three-piece outfits. They looked amazing by New York standards. They looked like they fit in by New York standards. And Buddy, for the whole movie, just about walked around in his elf costume, his elf outfit. He didn't care what people thought. He didn't care what people asked him. There's one little girl that said, why are you? I love your costume. He said, it's not my costume. It's my clothes. He said to her, this is who I am, regardless of what everybody else looks like, regardless of what everybody else talks about, regardless of what everybody else thinks and feels. He says, this is who I am. In order to be a Christian in this world, in this day and time, you're going to have to dare to be different. That This is who I am, regardless of what people think, regardless of what the theology is on TV, regardless of what people say marriage should look like or should be or how it should interact. He says, this is who I am. I'm going to stand on what I am and who I am. He says, I'm daring to be different in a time in a world where everybody else is dressing and thinking and walking and doing contrary to God's truth. He says, you have to dare to be different. God says that, listen, this world has all different kinds of behaviors. This world has all different kinds of customs. I need you to dare to be different, to live in my custom, my behavior, my truth, my principle. I want you to challenge yourself. I dare you to challenge yourself to learn what it's like to be a Christian. He says, if you can learn what it's like to be a Christian, those are the first steps in being what? Different. Everybody's got a theology on how to be married. Everybody's got a theology on what to do if somebody cuts you off on the road. Everybody has their belief on how you should respond if your coworker talks to you, how you should respond if your kid talks to you in a certain kind of way. How to respond, how to respond if, if they're not respectful to you. Everybody has, everybody has this way. If you should have get back, you should say this, you should say that, you should do this. And God says, I have a totally different way I want you to respond. I have a totally different way I want you to react. I have a totally different way of how I want you to behave. I want you to be totally different from how this world says you ought to respond. He says, in order to be different, you have to learn what it's like to be a Christian. Buddy the elf learned how to be a elf. From the minute he grew up in that town, when he grew up in the North Pole, everything he did was learning how to be a what? An elf. Watch this, point number two. Let God define you. Let God define you. Romans, two says, Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and the custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the changing the way you think. He says in order for you to be defined by God, you have to change the way you think. Something that is defined means nothing more than it is something. Y'all with me? In order to define something and know what it is, it means it has to be that. He says don't just, don't just learn how to be a Christian, but I want you to live out life as a Christian. 
Don't just say, I'm a Christian, but you don't live out a life that looks like a Christian. Oh, it's tight on Christmas morning. Here we go. And so he says, listen, I don't want you just to learn it. I don't want you to go to Bible study. I don't want you to go to small group. I don't want you to go to Sunday school. I don't want you to watch those semi-better people on YouTube that's better than Pastor Brian. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to listen to those guys. And listen, you can learn all that stuff you want, but if you don't live out what you learn, then you are not defined as an authentic Christian. You can learn it. You can read it, you can know both sides of the Bible, flip it upside down, you can quote all the scripture you want, but do you look like, do you live like what you claim to be? And Buddy the Elf, not only did he learn how to be an elf, but he lived like an elf. He dressed like an elf. He ate everything like an elf. He put syrup on everything. Y'all seen the movie? Come on, man. Y'all saw the movie? He put syrup on everything. He had four, face, well, four basic food groups. Do you remember what it was? Candy, candy canes, what else? Syrup, and candy corn. Thank you, guys. Four basic food groups, and he incorporated all of his food groups in every meal he ate because he, to the core of him, was not just trying to learn it, but he was living it. He went out changing and infecting the environment. Everywhere he went, he had a smile on his face. Everywhere he talked, he said something that was some kind of nice, kind, loving thing like the elves would do in the North Pole because he wasn't just learning it and faking it. He was living it. Our biggest problem in this, in, in, in this world where we're trying to be different is that we have learned how to fake it, but we haven't learned how to authentically live it. We've learned how to say amen and God bless you and where's my bumper sticker and we slap it on the back of our car, but we are not fully 100% committed to living it. When your wife doesn't make you happy. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, right. For example, when your wife doesn't make, it's men's group. Men's group, when your wife doesn't make you happy. <laughs> when your wife doesn't make you happy, can you still love her? Can you still respond to her? Can you still give her the treatment she deserves? Can you still love her even when you don't feel like it? Can you love her? Can you love her? Can you love her? Can you pray for her even when you don't want to say anything nice about her or to her? Can you love her regardless? When your husband's acting a fool, a pure fool, can you still come down to the point of saying, God, regardless of if this man gets it or not, I'm praying for him to get you more, deeper relationship with you. Before you start running your mouth to all of your girlfriends and friends, can you run your mouth to Jesus and talk about how you need life change for your husband? I ain't getting no Christmas cards this year. <laughs> None. He says, can you, can you, uh, it's great that you hold hands and you look great in church, but y'all won't speak at all the whole ride from church or to church. Can you live out a lifestyle that's reflective of God in and out of season? Can you live out this lifestyle that when you say something horrible that you shouldn't have said in the car when somebody cut you off, 
Can you then humble yourself in front of your children and say, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Daddy's having a bad day. Can you get, look, dude, we was in the car the other week. Tyler's left with his head like, man, stop calling on me. We was in the car the other week. And I was driving, and I was frustrated, and I was angry, and he could hear in my answers. Tyler asked me questions. I'm like, no, everything was And so Zeph said, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. And then we got to the stoplight, and I gave him my hand. I said, can you pray for me? Can you live a life that you can humble yourself in front of your kids? We know that you're the greatest, you're the strongest you are, that you're supposed to put it all together, you got everything fixed. Can you humble yourself to a point where I'm not just learning and faking in front of you on Sunday, in front of you in church, in the classroom. I'm giving you everything I have, even in front of my kids. I'm not the greatest. Can you pray for me? Is there a point where you're able to humble yourself to a point where I just want God to be glorified in this moment that I'm going to not only just learn like I'm a Christian, but I'm going to live like a Christian? Buddy the elf, he doesn't care about what people think. He hasn't just learned how to be an elf. Everything he does reflects what he's learned and what he believes. He is defined by what he does. How, how, how do we let God be seen in every aspect of our lives? How are we defined by who we are and what we do? How can people see that we are the definition of Christianity in a world that tells us to be totally different and contrary? When this world says there's mistakes that have taken place, go get the world and punish it. When there's a world that says that this life sucks and you should just fall apart, how do we find ways to fall apart in Jesus' arms and still live and walk righteously? How do we find ourselves doing this? How do we do it? How do we define ourselves as a Christian? I'm glad you asked me to question. I'm going to give you four, four ways to define yourself as a Christian. Number one, this is the first two are kind of basic. Number one, read and live out his word. Read and live out his word. I don't agree with everything that you may find in the word, maybe my first mentality, maybe my first thought, maybe my first belief, but I'm still willing to what? Live it out. My mom used to tell me a lot of things I didn't agree with. But because she was the authority, I still left them out, whether I liked it or not. And in time, I understood the purpose of living out, even though I didn't understand what it meant. Are y'all with me? This? Oh, come on, let's keep going. He said, listen. He says, read his word and live it out. Number two, he says, we need to pray for God to work on us. Don't pray for God to work on them but also pray for God to work on who? Us. Because if them never changes, am I going to be off-center for the rest of my life because of them? Am I going to base my living on them? Bad teachers, bad principals, bad, bad moms, bad dads, bad husbands, bad wives, bad co-workers, bad sisters, bad aunts, bad uncles, bad brothers. I can go all the way down the list. Am I going to let my mood and my life and my thoughts and my heart be, and my, and my concepts be dependent and based upon them? No, God, work on me. That I got enough love to deal with you when I don't want to deal with you. Give me enough love to be more than just cordial in the moments we have to interact with each other. Let work on, pray for God to work on us. Pray for God to work in us. 
pray for God to work for us. Pray for God to work through us. Read, pray. Number three, commit to sharing God's word. Commit to sharing God's word. Y'all see buddy over here? They close the lights in gimbals. And they said, Santa's coming tomorrow. And Buddy said, Buddy said, we got a lot of work to do. What do you mean we're done for the night? Come on, y'all saw the movie, man. Come on. Big guy with the, those extra high pants on and those white socks who was the manager of that department store. And he's like, lights are out. We're coming in tomorrow. We're going to get ready. And he says, we're not ready for Santa Claus. And he says, we're ready. Lights out. Everybody goes home. And what did, what did Buddy do? He stayed. And he decorated the whole store. He spent his time and his effort and his work. He put his heart into making it look like something. So when the people came in, they were amazed. They were blown away because he put everything he had to make sure that this place was on point, that everybody would be positively affected by the environment. If you want to live like a Christian, then not only are you praying, not only are you reading, but you are doing. That you are trying to change the lives of folk. That you're committed to having folks experience God. Not only did Buddy the Elf do all of that, but number four, if you want to be defined as a Christian, you need to spread the good news of God. It's one thing to set everything up and make it look real nice and pretty. It's one thing to pray and read. It's one thing to have all of these things going. But everywhere Buddy went, he spread the good news of, of cheer. He would walk into office buildings and say, that color looks so nice on you today. And she would smile so bright. And you walk up to another person, he'd say, hey, Merry Christmas, how are you? Everything he did was trying to get this message out that there's hope and that there's cheer. And if you're going to be a successful Christian, if you're going to be defined by how you live, it's not that you go to church on Sunday, it's not that you just have a bumper sticker, it's not that you just came for Christmas service this one time out of the other three special times of the year you're going to come to church. Y'all know that, you know, it's Christmas. Easter, Mother's Day. Those are the top three times the church is the most attended. So great that you came this Sunday. Hope to see you next Sunday. Hope to see you at our Christmas Eve service tomorrow. But listen, what's more important is that you don't just look like a Christian, that you live like a Christian. And it's more than you checking off the box. It's not a Christmas message, Chris. It's a life message. It's not a Christmas message. It's a life message. He says, if you're going to look like and be what you claim to be, if you're going to be defined as a Christian, you need to read his word and live it out. You need to pray for others, pray for us, pray for him to work in us, pray for him to work in you, pray for him to work on others, pray to work through you. You need to be committed to showing him off in what you do. And then finally, you need to be able to spread the good news. You need to talk about what you live. You need to talk and walk it. And then I'm out of your hair. Final point. You will learn what you are. I'm sorry, you will learn what you are destined to do. It says in 12.2, it says this, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Watch this. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is God, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says the only way that you will know who you are is to not just learn him and dare to be different. We got a lot of people trying to be different. I love God. He's awesome. But no definition because they're not living him out. He says it's one thing to, to dare to be different. It's another thing to be, be defined by him. But in those two steps, you understand what your destiny is, what your purpose is, who you're supposed to be, what you're meant to be. He says in that process, you'll know who you are. Each year we got a New Year's resolution. Every year. I want to grow three feet taller. <laughs> How long has that been your New Year's resolution? They changed yet yet. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym and put in all this money to lose weight. I'm going to be financially free. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be a better husband, I'm going to be a better wife. We put all these resolutions in place because we want the moment, we want our feeling to define who we ought to be. And God says, if you're wrapped up in my word, if you're living out my truth, you will define who you are. That the more you live out God's truth, you can't help but start to be convicted to be a better whatever it is that you need to be. If you live out God's truth to a point, it pushes you and shoves you and moves you into a posture, into a position where you have no choice but to humble yourself to be the best father, to be the best husband, to be the best kid, to be the best student, to be more disciplined, to be more focused. You can't help but live out God's word to a point where it forces you to come into the proper alignment with who he is. Not a Christmas message, man. It's a life message. It's a life message. Can I give you the secret to how Betty the Elf was successful in New York City? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Pastor Brian. No problem. It's okay. Don't worry. No man. Amen section. Don't worry about it. This is the secret. I want everybody when I'm walking, I want everybody here to see and catch this. This is the secret to how Buddy was able to survive an environment that was totally opposite and ugly and disgusting from what he knew. This is the secret to how Buddy the Elf, who was involved in all this beautifulness, all this amazingness, all of this uh, uh, just, just powerful glory, all of this wonderful splendor, he came, from, he came from this environment that was amazing, and how did he survive the horrible environment of New York City? Here's the secret. He kept his eyes on his father. It was deep. He kept his eyes on his father. The minute he came to New York City in the toughest place, he was looking for what? His father. When he found his father, he was persistent to stay with his father. When they grabbed him and kicked him out of, the, out of the building, he came back the next day with a present for his what? Father. When he didn't feel the love from his father, he came back and brought a present for his father. When they said, don't come back here anymore, he stayed and he was persistent with his father. When he got in the house, he decided to make all kinds of ornaments and displays for his father. Everything was about his father. And if you're going to be able to survive this world that is tough, that is contrary to God's truth, that is principles, you've got to keep your eyes on the Father. 
Because when my eyes are focused on the Father God, regardless of if I don't feel like he's blessing me with the job, if I don't feel like he's blessing me with the finances, if I don't feel like he's blessing me with my money, if I don't feel like he's blessing me with my house, my wife, my spouse, my kids, whatever the situation is, as long as I keep my eyes on the Father, eventually everything will turn around. And a man that came into an environment that was horrible and nasty and cantankerous that ran him over time and time again. Y'all remember the yellow cabs? Hit him time and time again. Because he kept his eyes on his father. And he knew what was right regardless of the environment around him. At the end of the movie, other people came to experience hope and belief as they sang, as they celebrated hope and belief. And lives were changed on that day. If you're going to experience this life that is beyond the dramas of this moment, beyond the presents you didn't get, the auntie you're going to have to sit across from the dinner table in two days, if you're going to get past all of that, we have to start living out this life that God has called us to. We have to start living out this life of what we've learned. And I promise you, you will find out who you are. I promise you, you'll find out the direction and the purpose he has for your life. I promise you that you will be somebody that infects the environment versus the environment infecting you. I promise you, you will be the best and the biggest and the strongest in Christ beyond what you could have ever imagined or thought. You won't need a New Year's resolution because you already know that you have resolved within yourself to find Christ and where he leads you, where he guides you, is what he has for you. Because you kept your eyes on the Father. Let's pray. God, I pray for your people. I pray for your people to know that you are God. I pray for your people to trust and try you. I pray for your people to say, this is the moment where this is the moment where this is the moment that I'm going to live you out. I'm asking God for strength for me, for this family, for this church, to live you out to the fullest to be defined by who you are, to be, be defined by your truth. That we don't succumb to the beliefs and the customs and the principles and the TV of this life, but that we succumb to your truth. We would look like you, that we'd walk like you, that we'd be defined by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
So today we're having offering, and uh, I'd like to pray for the offering. Um, okay. Great. God, we pray for this offering that you will give us to use to bless Ken Island. And thank you for everyone that is able to give. And thank you for everybody who wants to give and is not able. Amen. So we have a couple of announcements. Um, the Thrive Ski, Ski Trip is open to middle and high school students. The deposit is due January 13th. See your insert in your program for some information. The Love Gives, please partner with us in helping the Kick family bring home a sweet child from South Africa. In the back sanctuary are envelopes. Please be sure to grab one today and return to church by December 30th. Contact Denise Trump for further information. Ladies event, brunch and bunko Sunday, January 13th, 11.30 to 1 o'clock. Bring a breakfast item to share in a monetary donation, a monetary donation or food item for the backpack ministry. Contact Mary Jo for further questions. Christmas Eve service tomorrow, December 24th at 5.30 p.m. And here at Centerpoint, we exist to bring people closer to God, and we hope you're one step closer. 6.30, sorry. Hey, we want to let you guys know we're doing a, um, a, we're doing a, a group picture of everybody in this church. So wipe your eyes. I'm sorry. <laughs> wipe your eyes. Freshen up your makeup or whatnot. Um, and we're going to do a group picture. The whole church is taking a picture. Ugly sweaters are not. So just put on your best face and push through. Love you. <laughs> you wrote five. Okay, so guys, if you all get to have a seat um, in the middle aisles as much as you can, have a seat. We're going to get this Christmas pr uh, picture done real quick. Um, so everybody just have a seat in the middle aisles. If you're in the back, come up to the front. Um, make it as tight and uncomfortable as you possibly can. So come on up to the front, guys. Everybody. Everyone can get as close to the middle of the red carpet, squeeze in, stand up, get really close to each other. Yep, stand up, get really close to the middle of the carpet. I see you, Jenny. I see you, girl. <laughs> All right, everyone get closer and closer to the middle. <laughs> 